Welcome to North Beats from North Beach. I'm your host, Corey Luna, and today I present to you Peaked Number 5, featuring Aton Leon and Musical Fungus. Lenny Hammaker is one of my longtime friends and collaborators. We've got a project going on called Imitation Grove, with a release coming later in 2020. Lenny plays an all-improvised set, and we discuss his set afterwards. He was a little apprehensive about his performance, but I think we all really enjoyed it besides his doubts. Musical Fungus is back. As you remember, he played our first set for Peaked with Matt Bidolf. He enjoyed his experience so much he has to play again, and I was more than ecstatic to have him play again. I've always described his work as organic. His pseudonym suits him as vegetation. So does his music create an organic aura. North Beats podcast is available for patreon subscribers if you go to patreon.com forward slash north beats please contribute anything you feel is appropriate i'm still working on setting up tiers for donations currently there is a mix so if you donate or some stickers definitely stickers if you're needing to complete your set of peak stickers of course if you need a north beat sticker i can throw that in as well this is my first, it is January 2020, and I'm slowly getting back into the groove of posting podcasts. I didn't post anything in December, nor did I record anything besides Peaked, number 9, with Nathan Moody and Sirnai on December 18th, and wow, was that an experience. And of course, you can find all of our programs that we've posted on YouTube if you go through Supply Frame. Look up Supply Frame FM and you peaked, and you will find all of our YouTube streams. 2020 is looking like a very good year for modular synthesis. Eurorack is ever growing. There's new modules coming out left and right. I've traveled a lot in the in 2019 and started out this year. I actually spent New Year's Eve in Illinois with my girlfriend and her parents, and I got to go into Chicago and go to the Chicago Music Exchange and meet Corey, who is red striped down. And he and I talked for about 45 minutes. I was going to make a purchase, and I completely forgot to, just because we were so enthralled with what we were talking about. And Corey, wow, man. I'll see you again real soon. I'll be going back out to Chicago, definitely. Well, not just Chicago, but I'll be going out to Illinois later on in 2020 for KnobCon in September because now I have to. And I'm looking forward to it. I've never been, and I'm excited to go to Schaumburg and check that out. North Beats is broadcast from North Beach and District in San Francisco, and I provide this service as a way to document and talk to the artist and builders and creators of synthesizers and all electronic music. And beyond that, too, there's plenty of people who are doing video projection modular images, such as Bill Wachowski and Jason Warden and Stevie Pie. And all these people need to be on the podcast as well. That video projection, that video, that amazing work needs to be heard about. So later this year in 2020, I'm going to try to make time to sit down with these people that I've met and talk to them about video projection and what goes into it. As I know, they've told me already that a lot of it is, a lot of the equipment is very similar to what's used for the audio side. If you ever visit the Bay Area, please remember to check out the three monthly shows we have between Oakland and San Francisco, starting with 
Resonant Frequencies, put on by Kevin Friedrichsen on the first Sunday of every month. Resident Electronic Monthly, put on by Frank Martin, Jason Warden, sometimes Stevie Pie, and of course Easy Puzzle, hosted at The Laundry in San Francisco in the Mission District. And on the third Wednesday, usually, come see Peaked with my friend Rich Hogben, hosted at Supply Frame, where we host two artists a month primarily and have a Q&A in front of a live audience. Out of all the conventions for synthesizers I went to in 2019, I gotta say my favorite was Velocity. It was like going home. Everybody I spoke to excited and wanted to be there. Everybody was of like-minded and we were all relating to each other. I got to see Tim Held. He did an amazing with panel. He just, Tim, you've, you've got it, man. Like you should be hosting shows all the time, like on TV and things. You've got the personality for it. You're great. I'm sure all of you are reading Waveform Magazine, which is also out of Seattle, and that has been amazing. Still reading issue two, because I don't get to read all the time, and it's just hard for me to have time to read, so don't always get around to it, but man, is it amazing. Check out that interview with Heinbach, if you haven't already. It was really fun to, to read. So please enjoy Peaked Number 5 with Aton Leon and Musical Fungus. Good evening. Thank you very much for coming out to Peak tonight, which is a meetup for electronic music makers and enthusiasts. I'm your MC tonight, Corey Luna. On AV, we have Rich Hogben. We are hosted here at Supply Frame in San Francisco. Tonight's artist, we feature Aton Leon and Musical Fungus. And our first act tonight will be Aton. And uh, we'll have a, he'll perform, and then we'll have a Q&A with him. We'll have a brief intermission and then go into Musical Fungus in the same format. Aton Leon is a, an old friend of mine. We're all bandmates from a long time ago, and we're still current collaborators in music today, and we've gone a long travel in the modular world. So please give a warm welcome to Aton Leon.
That's only on, everybody. That's how you bomb everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny, thanks so much for coming out and playing today. Dude, thank you so much for having me. 
Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about the prep work you did for your set tonight. Um, well, I'm happy that the first part came out okay. Um, unfortunately, apparently, Hermod wanted to delete the project I was doing while I was trying to change it over to the second portion of what I was doing, so that was all improv. Um, but, you know, um, I think you asked me over a month ago, and I've been prepping, and I had something I wanted to do in mind. I think about a month ago, I wanted to play something on my key step and kind of have something going on. I ended up scrapping that idea. I ended up changing what I was going to do four times. Um, so <laughs> Four times. Four times, yes. <laughs> did you, uh, how did you come, so where did you go from the process of scrapping those four times into what you played tonight? Um, I wanted to play something with like um, with something I already had pre-recorded, and kind of um, improv something over that. Um, but I completely scrapped the idea because I wanted to go with something new. Um, so I went with kind of that that first that first track that I was doing there with, which is I'm using the uh, the two HP pluck. Um, I ended up having to get that because um, the resonant show we were, or resonant frequency show we played the my. Uh, my 2HP VCO just died. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. So I ended up getting the pluck, and that was kind of where that whole um, composition came out of that. OK. Yeah. yeah, that was a good show we played back then. It was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked your set, man. I, you know, I never knew you were so <laughs> stoic. It's, you know, just like the, uh, anyway, yeah. Oh, um, you're the stoic one. Ah, the sweaty stoic one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Do we have any Please. questions from the audience tonight about uh, about Aton Leon set? Any I have either? the right to pass your question too. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyone? Yeah. Yes. I'm, new. I'm pretty new to synthesis, and I loved some of the percussive, plucky sounds that you had. Some bell tones and some really percussive sounds. Can you tell me how those were generated, or? What builds up those sounds? In the, in the first seven to eight minutes? Yes. Um, that was essentially most, most of that kind of um, melodic, kind of really percussive sound all was coming from the 2HP Pluck. Uh, an amazing module. Um, um, I guess, you know, there, so they, I was kind of contemplating going between the Pluck or the Bell, um, which are kind of two portions, I guess you can say. Um, so like Mutable Instruments makes a module called Rings. Um, which I also have. Unfortunately, you didn't get you didn't get to hear it tonight. Sorry, uh, <laughs> that was part of the sequence um, that is gone. Uh, yay to that. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's a, mainly it. Um, the damp is all the way up, so it's you're hearing the full effect uh, every time I'm triggering it with a gate. It's it's playing um, some sort of percussive portion, which also is being sequenced with control voltage to where it's playing in the the melody portion of that. Did that solve that? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Another question? Yes. In the last section, were you playing with the concept of using engine noise as like an oscillator? So that was no input mixing. I just learned about no input mixing. I watched a video by Sarah Bell Reed, and it, I, I, the concept made sense to me, even though I was like, oh, like, why would you do that? You're going to break your mixer. Um, but that's essentially what a lot of those clicks and pops were. I'm feeding the modular headphone out into one of the channels. And also, you heard, um, what's the name of that synthesizer that you got me? Uh, that is an, that is an 
that little red box that's flashing little red lights, that is an 8-bit synthesizer made by uh, Michael Rucci, who is very local. He's over in the East Bay. So he makes awesome little, little bits like this, and he actually makes a bigger module that has actual keys on it, too. So I'm using that in channel three. So three, three, four, and then five, six is the um, output of the modular back into itself. Channels one and two are the outputs of the mixer going back into input one and two. So you weren't playing with samples at all there? There were samples, yes. Uh, I have the Tip Top Audio 1, which is also, um, I just got the Dutachi SD card. Um, so this guy, um, he's an electronic musician. He made like 168 different samples. Um, so yes, I am, I am also toggling different samples, drum samples as well. Um, but there's also, um, I'm, I don't know what was happening in that second portion, <laughs> um, but um, I think well, I have the Carp and the Car Plus also playing in there too, so there is d there's different, different drum um, sounds that are going on in there. Yeah. I really enjoyed, I agree with, uh, with uh, Carson over here, because I really enjoyed those great percussive sounds. It was, it was like an engine exploding. Thank you. <laughs> Much like you are right now. I think, I think that's what the overheating is, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, if you, if you play here, know that it is quite warm here. So um, if you're used to Florida, you'll be fine. <laughs> uh, do we have any other questions from the audience tonight? No? Great. Lenny, thank you so much for playing. Hey, this Corey, is Fats Only. Thank on. you so oh, much. I'm sorry, hold on a sec. Yes, Fats. What, what would you have done differently, or do you think, do you feel that you lost control of the sound or went in a different direction? Because um, it wasn't quite what you prepared. I mean, it still came out really beautiful to us. Oh, and a performance. You. So what would you have done differently or tried to bring it back to your vision? I would have liked to have played the sequence that I programmed. <laughs> um, which is kind of, you know, those are the breaks sometimes. Um, you know, I've been, I've been playing, you know, in bands. You know, I play bass and guitar. You know, sometimes you play a wrong note. You just got to live through it and... Some, I, this is the first time I've ever literally looked, I was looking at the screen on my Hermod going, you're effing kidding me. It's gone. So, it was gone. Yeah. So, I was like, I could try to make something on the fly, and I was trying to do that. I'm like, this is futile. Just go with what you got. So, that's essentially what I did. So, thank you for finding that anywhere near sonically pleasing, um, which I guess the help of that no input mixing definitely gave you that uh, exploding percussive sounds that you're looking for. Well, it reaffirms that, you know, I guess I, you know, need to have more confidence in myself because you essentially, you saying that I did a good job, you know, and I'm like, oh, I totally blew that one. You know, that's why I'm like, oh, I'm happy with the first part. The second part, eh, we could can take it or leave it, you know, but thank you, you know, like, so I think that's kind of when it comes to being an artist in general, we're overcritical of the things we produce. So, you know, um, that's why it's wonderful to have, you know, you guys all here to hear me blow it or, or make it big, you know, thank you. So, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Lenny, tell me a little bit more in depth on the mix you were doing with, your, with the mixer, with the Yamaha mixer. Tell me, a little bit, tell me a little bit more about what was going on with that, because you are able to get certain uh, sound waves out of that, right? Yes. So it's an interesting concept, because what it seems like it's doing, there's a sine wave output that's being feedbacked, and when you clip it, it then becomes almost like a low-frequency oscillator, so you're getting these clicks 
that are just kind of going at weird random tempos depending on how much input is being going is going through a certain channel. Um, what's what I was learning about it is that through you know whatever EQ settings, even the tiniest little micro movement can then fully change a whole tonality of what the no input mixing is doing. And this was a concept you shared with me just like two weeks ago. It was like three days ago almost. Three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's very brave of you to come out and, Thank you. and try it out today really, you know, as, as fresh as Well, it was almost my was. saving grace, so I guess so. Thank you. Thank You're you welcome. Thank you, for, yeah, thank you very much for playing tonight. Yeah. Dude, yeah. thank you At for having Leon, me. everybody. If you'd like to hear more about Alton Leon, I've actually have a podcast that I interviewed him on. He's, I think you were number two on there as a North Beach podcast. All right, thank you very much. Man. Thank you, Corey. Thank you, Richard. We're going to take a few minute break to get set up for Musical Fungus. Enjoying the music going on right now, that is Shibalva. And she is here today and doing a, and is a brand new to the scene. And if you're interested, you can find her Instagram account as well. A very good brand new musician doing a lot of OPZ work. And I'll tell you later. <laughs> Welcome back to Peaked. And now we're gonna go into Musical Fungus and we'll have a little interview with him afterwards. So please give a, and he is actually, this is his second time performing at Peaked. He actually performed back in April at the very first show we ever did. So I wanna give a, please give a big hand to Musical Fungus and coming back and play another set for us. Thank you. 
Musical Fungus, everybody. Sweet. Chris, thanks again for coming out and playing Pete. Of course, anytime. I love it. That was a great set. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about, now it's a little different than what you had uh, back in April. Yeah, I try and play something different every time. Um, even though the setup I use is essentially the same, I use the same routing every time, uh, everything else that I'm doing in real time is all improvised off the top of my head. Um, so I try and make it as different as possible. I noticed you had a full uh, skiff that's just mutable instruments. I did, so I was actually playing between two systems. Um, the make noise system that's down here and the modules that are in this box were essentially the first half. Um, and the second half, I transitioned into just this top skiff, which is, yeah, all mutable instruments modules. That's pretty neat. I, I, uh, I don't think I've seen anyone do a nice set of just all mutable instruments like that before. For sure, yeah. I've been, uh, it's been a little bit of an obsession, uh, obsession of mine recently, is mutable instruments modules. Uh, I've just fallen, fallen in love with the sound recently. No, I can understand that. Uh, they are, mutable instruments is one of those companies that makes really unique beautiful modules. Yes, they do. I also noticed, tell me how many maths you have in there. Two, <laughs> but I want three. <laughs> I think you once told me that you could probably pay, play a set with a, just a few of those. Yeah, give me four maths and I'll play for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> you got VCAs, filters, complex oscillator, you can do anything with those modules. So. Tell me about the concept you had when you, when you uh, were prepping for tonight. Uh, I didn't really prep. Um, like I said, I try and improvise everything, so my routing and my cabling is essentially the same. Um, but other than that, the only pre uh, preparation I did was just my daily practice. I find that's the best way to become a good improviser is to just practice over and over and over and over. Learn all the little nooks and crannies and little ins and outs that you can take throughout your set, uh, and you can just explore this vast realm of you know, unexplored territory uh, just through improvisation. That's awesome. Do you use any samples at all, or is it all just from the modules? It's all just modules, yeah. No, I um, probably, as soon as I got into modular, I realized I don't like playing with samples. So I used to mess around with samples in Ableton and things like that, but in the modular world, I really like to stay, I don't even, other than uh, mutable, in, mutable instruments, I really like to stick with analog modules. Uh, I don't even really prefer digital ones. So. You've got a really good organic melody that you have to everything I've ever heard you do. For sure, that's definitely the basis of everything I do is the melody. Um, I always try and keep some sort of kind of bubbly, ongoing melody going throughout everything. Even if I uh, venture off into noise, like I did a little bit today, I try and kind of poke that melody through the noise every once in a while. So I definitely saw it as a transition from one section to the other with uh, using the noise yeah, that was, the, like that was the herb verb, just self-oscillating on itself. If you turn the feedback all the way up, it'll just oscillate. Um, so I use that to both transition between the two systems and also end the set with just kind of a wash of, of noise. Using noise is actually something I haven't heard you use before very much. I don't. Today was actually probably the noisiest set I've done, and I didn't have something plugged in in the first half, so it was very distorted. <laughs> it was very crunchy. <laughs> it was good, man. I yeah. really enjoyed it. Sure, thank you. Yeah, noise is actually really awesome if you utilize it correctly. Noise is every single audible frequency all being played at once. So if you filter noise correctly, you can really get any sound you want out of noise. A lot of people think noise is just but inside that static, there's every single available audible frequency that we can manipulate using control voltages and filters and 
amplitude modulation, and all sorts of fancy things. Actually, not really fancy things, really simple things, really. That's actually a concept I hadn't heard before. There's some, there's some really cool videos online. I can shoot you some links to some cool ways, uh, some people that have really uh, kind of opened up my eyes in the way that you can compose with noise. Excellent. I'd love to see it. That'd Definitely. be great. Now, do we have any questions from the audience tonight about Musical Fungus's set? So I just want to know about um, <clears throat> the, the thinking behind having separate discrete cases of like all mutable instruments or all make noise and like what that does for you like instead of like mixing and matching modules or yeah instead of, instead of that and sort of like just sort of like um i guess why you decided to do that but also like what it ends up sort of doing to your composition i guess part process. of it is just ocd and just wanting a case to be all nice and neat and stuff um, but also, I just feel like modules that are made by the same company, even though Eurorack and, and all module is so vast, um, there's a, and I lost my train of thought here. Um, the question again. Uh, Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I've, I find that the modules that are made by the same company, like MakeNoise, they all mesh together really, really well. The way that maths interacts with an Optimix, the way that the control voltage, the exponential curve of a maths envelope going into a MakeNoise Optimix is just like music to my ears. Uh, I can even just ping the Optimix and just get a sine wave out of that. Um, so I really like that modules that are made from the same company really kind of glue each other together and you get a really... Um, nice sound, they play together really well. Um, Murex is awesome because you can mix and match and get everything. You can have a case with a module made by you know, a million different companies, and I have a case like that. This, this middle one is actually just like a hodgepodge of a, a million things, but this top one is definitely all mutable instruments. I don't think I'll ever put another module in there, um, and I find that when I sit down to that particular make noise system or that particular mutable system, um, I, my brain instantly goes to a certain way that I want to compose um, versus uh, using a hodgepodge system. I can sit there for hours and be like, ooh, uh, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. But for some reason, when I'm on a um, inclusive system, uh, I feel like my brain just clicks a little bit better. I can um, mentally make connections between the modules a little better, and that might go into, like I said, the way that the modules play together. Um, they just seem to uh, work really well. It was also something that I heard um, Alessandro Cortini talk about years ago. He does the same thing. He makes a case with just all make noise or all verbose or all this because he really likes the uh, way that those modules play together. So kind of just took along the same philosophy. Have any other questions tonight for Musical Fungus? At uh, one point in the set, you had, uh, it sounded like you high-passed the entire master bus. And I was wondering if you could talk about kind of how you did your signal routing after sound generation. Like yeah, um, so in the make noise case, um, four uh, um, oscillators go into uh, two Optimixes, so essentially four Optimix channels. Um, and I use those four Optimix um, knobs as my main mixer. Um, so that make noise system is essentially a four voice system. It's four oscillators, four envelopes from the two maths, and then four gates from the uh, Optimixes. Um, and uh, so after the sound goes into the Optimix, what I was actually doing, which I don't think you can see very well, but in this case, there's a make noise MMG. Uh, and that's what was high-passing everything. So I had 
Um, both voices from a DPO, two separate STOs going into four Optimix channels. And those four Optimix channels using the auxiliary sum are bussed together. And then that bus went into a mod to mix. Um, and I use the mod to mix as a two channel mixer. So everything from this went into one channel of a mod to mix. And everything from the bottom case, in this case, went into one channel of the mod to mix. And that's how I crossfaded between the two systems. Um, and uh, all of that then went through the MMG, and the MMG was like a final out for everything um, because it has a really cool modeless um, switch between low pass and high pass. Um, so you can use control voltage to go between the two types. Um, and so I was just using random voltage going into that mode selection. Uh, and at one point, I just turned that off and high passed the whole thing. What's that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another question? Where did the herb reverb sit in that chain? Uh, the herb verb, um, everything went through the, I'd have to look actually to be honest. Let me take a quick look. Uh, so it was actually mod to mix. The final from the mod to mix of the two systems then fed into herb verb in mono because it only has a mono input and then the stereo output from herb verb fed into the stereo uh, output on the CV bus in the, the make noise case. Yeah. So I guess technically the herb verb was really the final out because the MMG fed into the herb verb as well. Awesome. Um, can you just maybe rudimentarily talk to us about like how you go about writing a melody? Uh, Not like I, explicitly. I just turn knobs and I if just it sounds knobs. good, then I keep it. Uh, quantizers are key. Okay. Definitely use a quantizer. Do you have something usually in mind, like in your head, you're going with like a, a modality no, I just, or anything? I just pick a, I just kind of pick a mode or scale for yeah. that night and just kind of work, like tonight I was working in Aeolian. So, Aeolian, yeah, okay. Yeah, so everything was just going through an Aeolian scale. Um, but uh, I don't know, that's a hard question to answer. Because um, it, it's, I want to say it's just easy and I just do it, but I'm sure it's obviously much more complex than that. So yeah. I don't want to sound like, pretentious or something, but it's just, it just pops out of my head. I don't really have an answer for that. Okay. Um, and I, I found that I've played you know, so many instruments throughout my life, um, but for some reason, uh, a sequencer, uh, knobs on a sequencer, a 16-step sequencer, is just where I find home. That's for some reason, out of all the instruments I play, a 16-step sequencer, my brain just clicks and I can make the melodies. Um, I was also, though, one thing that was really helping with the melody on this is I was utilizing a shift register. So there was one set of CV from the, there was actually three separate sequencers that I was using, and those three separate sequencers uh, were feeding into a shift register, and that shift register was feeding a cascaded version of that sequence to the four voices. Uh, very similar to like the way you would sing a canon. Uh, and they were delayed by, each note was delayed by four clock pulses. Um, so every voice was getting the same melody, but four clock pulses uh, behind the previous one. Uh, two questions. One, your, what are musical influences? And two, on the more technical side, so you said you had a one system on top and one down below. Are they each kind of independent? I mean, I, know, I understand that there's some... Yeah, totally independent. So you had different sequences kind of going up top and then different ones going below and you just kind of cross... Yeah, so I guess I was technically, I was using four sequencers tonight. Yeah. So there's, there's one sequencer in here. Um, I was actually using uh, Stages uh, by Mutable Instruments. 
uh, and sending four steps of that into marbles to quantize it. Um, and that was the sequencer for this. The sequencer for the bottom section, though, is Rene, which I was using as actually four separate four-step sequencers. So I can play a four-step sequence and then jump up a row and have a separate four-step sequence. Um, and I was using pressure points to also give me two more rows of four, four um, pitch CVs. And all of those were being fed into a uh, Dopfer sequential switch. And I could use pressure points. Every time I touch it, I can produce a gate. And I was using that gate to cycle between those uh, sequencers, um, similar to the way uh, like uh, traffic control would work on train tracks. Um, I can send, I was sending one sequence to the shift register, which then, you know, sent it out, cascaded to everything, but at the touch of pressure points, I can change that sequence to a different sequencer, and then goes through the whole chain and goes to the shift register as well. Um, does that answer that question? Uh, but musical influences, anything that sounds good. Um, electronic, though, um, I'm really, really into a lot of the original old things. I really, one of my favorite composers of all time is Laurie Spiegel. If you're not familiar with her, I would check her out. Her album Patchworks is entirely what improvised everything I just did tonight is 100%. If I had never heard Patchworks by Laurie Spiegel, I wouldn't be doing this right now. Um, the way that she juggles melodies the way that I like to and utilizing multiple voices with the same melody but different gating patterns is something that she does as well. Um, granted, she was doing it on an IBM computer in 1975, um, so a totally different uh, concept to the way that she was composing, but the end product is very, very influential to me. And also, like I mentioned earlier, Alessandro Cortini, um, everything he does is super, super influential to me. Yeah, but also everything outside of electronic music too, you know, any sort of music also influences me in the realm of electronic music. Yes, I've actually, uh, you've been uh, playing a lot of guitar lately, haven't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, ever I don't ever mix the two, though. Guitar is something totally separate. That was the first instrument I ever, or I guess trumpet was the first instrument I learned, but uh, <laughs> guitar is just kind of my go-to kind of security blanket. Uh, so I don't ever, I think I've once plugged a guitar into like clouds, I think, one time. Uh, actually, no, I plugged a, I, I mic'd a banjo and played banjo into clouds. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't normally mix uh, non-electronic music with my electronic music. Similar to the way I don't like using samples with it, I just like to, I really just like to use sine waves, so. Cool, man. Yeah. Do you have any other questions from the audience today? Excellent. Uh, Chris, thank you so much again for playing of course, tonight. thank you for having me. This is a fantastic set, and I, and from what I get from your, your set tonight, I really, and, and, and actually all the music I've heard from you, within the melodies, I really hear a lot of uh, Tangerine Dream. Ah, they're another big influence of mine as well, too. Especially with the way I sequence. Uh, they do very interesting things with their sequences. They do a lot of uh, phase sequencing with multiple sequencers with different amounts of steps. That's something that I, always, I also mess around with as well, so. Yeah, I definitely hear it. I hear it as well, now that you mentioned it. So. <laughs> yeah, Phaedra by Tangerine Dream. If you oh, haven't heard Phaedra, so go listen to that. It's really good stuff. <laughs> Uh, Chris, thanks again so much. Everybody, musical fungus. Thank you. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for coming out tonight. Thanks, everybody. It was We had a great show tonight. We've got a... Uh, Peaked is actually going to be doing a little giveaway on our Instagram account on Peaked SF. We're going to be doing a little giveaway for some Landscape FM all-flesh uh, units, which are really great. They're really fun. I've been playing around with them at home myself. They're really fun. I'm actually working on designing a patch. 
based on doing that, which is basically using your body as a patch cable, which you can use more than just your fingers. You can do your your both hands to to uh, trigger almost anything. And in, in certain sections, you can actually use these things as almost a percussion, which is really, really fun for really improv and on the fly beats. So thanks again, everybody, for coming out. Uh, we're going to... Musical Fungus, you can find him on Instagram. He's on Bandcamp. You can find Anto Leon on, on Instagram and Bandcamp. And I've got an interview with Anto Leon. And in the future, we'll be having an in, a, uh, in, interview with, with Musical Fungus on North Beats Podcast. Thank you very much.